It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is June 22nd, 2018. I am broadcasting from the media room here in the Amway Center with my good pal, Zach Oliver of Orlando Pinstripe Post. Zach, back in the chair, another draft done. You're still on the team. What the hell? Yeah, I didn't get traded uh, for cash considerations on a second round pick. Yeah, no one, no one got traded today. Of course, the Orlando Magic uh, had the had, were part of the NBA draft, as every NBA team is. Uh, they selected Muhammad Bamba with the sixth pick in the draft. They selected Melvin Frazier with the thirty fifth pick in the draft, and then they traded the forty first pick in the draft to the Denver Nuggets, acquiring the forty third pick and a future second round pick, and then drafted Justin Jackson of Maryland not the Northwestern version as much as I wanted them to take the Northwestern version of Justin Jackson. Um, or the North Carolina version of Justin Jackson. Yeah, or the North Carolina version. That both, both, uh, both the Northwestern and North Carolina versions are better than the Maryland version of Justin Jackson. But um, we'll chat about him for about two and a half minutes later on. Um, obviously, the big news today, the Magic bringing in Muhammad Bamba. Uh, what does this pick mean for the Orlando? Length. So much length. Um, I think Jeff Weltman said it best to, to kick off his press conference. Um, I may, I probably won't have the time to go back and drop the bite in, but Jeff Weltman opened up his his his, pre, his media availability after the draft with long day, long players. <laughs> and that is a Jeff Weltman copyright, all rights reserved. Any use, usage uh, without the express written consent of Jeff Weltman is uh, prohibited. prohibited. <laughs> um, but yeah, length was the, I mean, overall, length was the theme of this draft for the Orlando Magic. Uh, right, getting three guys that have over seven yeah, foot it's, wingspans. It's, and, I mean, you look you look at it, Muhammad Bamba, he's listed at seven feet tall, seven foot ten wingspan, the longest wingspan measured at the NBA draft combine. Uh, Melvin Frazier is listed at six foot six. six. He's got a seven foot one wingspan. Seven and foot two, really. Seven foot two, almost seven foot two yeah. wingspan. Uh, and then Justin Jackson, I think he's also listed at six foot six with a seven foot and a half inch or seven foot one inch wingspan. Um, we all suspected that, that Jeff Weltman and John Hammond liked length, but uh, that seemed a little over the top. What, what, again, what, what does this mean for the Orlando Magic to bring in these guys? I, I think that obviously the length factor is is there, but I think we've also seen them kind of continue the the Rob Hennigan ways of sorts of you know trying to build a team that has a defensive identity and kind of going against, you know, every direction that the NBA is going nowadays. You know, so many teams are going to pace and space and playing, you know, one and four out or even having five guys that can step out and shoot. Obviously, you know, the Magic, you know, have that potential, assuming Mohamed Bamba continues to, you know, improve as a shooter and move forward there. And with Aaron Gordon, Jonathan Isaac, I mean, they have the foundation with those three alone to be an elite level defensive team. And I think obviously Melvin Frazier, you know, has good length and he was known for being a, a hard nosed defender at, at Tulane. They have Wesson Wundu, last year's second round pick, who projects out to be a, a decent defender. Um, so that they've got pieces. It's just a matter of can they put that all together into a cohesive unit that, you know, maybe they only allow a team to score 88 points, but can they score 90? 
Yeah, that's the, and especially in this league, uh, the way the league's going, it's definitely a different different direction. But at the same time, I, I would I would argue as well that um, uh, we're, we're we're in the media room right now, and uh, ESPN just flashed a uh, thesaurus with Woj's uh, Woj's photo on it, and we were both lasered on it. We are we are not not excited about this. Um, we're but fixated on we're it. Fixated on it. Um, but uh, but back to the back to the matter at hand. Um, obviously. Uh, obviously, length is, is something that that is in vogue around the league. While I, I don't think teams have committed to it quite defensively, and maybe the way that the Magic have, because we do see offensive shortcomings. Who is going to be this team's leading scorer? It's probably going to be Evan Fournier again, and, and we kind of know that that doesn't make a good offense. Will it though? I mean, unless Aaron Gordon or Jonathan Isaac take a huge leap, and, and we'll know more about Jonathan Isaac in July at summer league. Um, or uh, will or, we though? Can, how much can you really take away from summer? League? Um, as I always say about summer league, at summer league you can tell who can't play rather than who can play. Um, but I mean, uh, correct, I mean, I correct me if if I'm wrong here, but Aaron Gordon's second year, that second summer league that he played before he broke his jaw, um, we right. all looked at each other and we're like, this guy made a leap. This guy took a huge step, and and injuries really prevented him from taking that step until this year. So I think I think I mean you don't learn nothing from summer league. You do learn I agree. something. Uh, but having said that, I don't think any of us are, are expecting Jonathan Isaac to to take the leap suddenly to be a twenty point per game scorer. So offense is still going to be a problem for this team. But um, there is something to this length. I mean, there is something to, to building a defensive identity with length. Having guys who can switch. On the floor, um, that's the de- those are the kind of defenses that worked in the playoffs. And again, not that the Magic are going to be playing in the playoffs anytime soon or, soon or playing at high-level playoff games anytime soon. But those are got. But but that's still a skill that that you need to build a successful defense. And clearly, that's something the Magic are looking for here too. Right. I think this the switchability factor is, is so important in today's game because you're seeing teams like Golden State. Obviously, they're a little bit of an outlier still. But they switch one through five, and they can be successful with it. You know, obviously Steph is a little undersized, but they put schemes and they have guys that that put in the effort and they work hard enough there that it it just works. You know, I think it's very possible that um, the Magic could potentially get something. Obviously, they're never going to get to the Warriors level with the roster that they have, but. You know they could put they could put something in play that you know has maybe not one through five maybe it's like two through five two through three that that they're switching mm-hmm. but um, Aaron Gordon and uh, Aaron Gordon and Jonathan Isaac together on the wing are going to be menaces I think I mean and and then you, and then you add Mo Bamba to that um, you know we, 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 we wingspan measurements aside. This guy is a really good defender. He is. Uh, if, if I mean, there there were two direct. I mean, I think most of us kind of considered that there were two directions the match could go in this draft, and, and this is uh, this is a situation I found myself in a lot in in mock drafts before uh, before the draft took place. The two directions were: you either take Trey Young, the supreme offensive player, or you take Muhammad Bamba, the supreme defensive player, and that kind of determines the path you're going to go on. Now. Obviously, Trey Young wasn't on the board. We'll talk about that in just a moment, and and, and what happened there. But the Magic took Mobamba, probably the best player on the board. I, I would think. I, I think it's hard to argue that he was not the best player on the board, unless you really, really, really love Michael Porter Jr., um, who fell to 14. So or if you really like, not a lot, of, not a lot of NBA teams loved him. Or even if you really like a player like a Wendell Carter or a Colin Sexton there. Um, and I've I would, been, I would so. And I've been Bamba. driving, and I've been driving the Wendell Carter bus off a cliff. Uh, for the last few weeks, Mohamed Bamba is a much better player than Wendell Carter Jr. And 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 what what I take away from this is Mohamed Bamba is the kind of player that can and might and and should completely change your defensive identity. And and again, I think uh, Rob Hennigan talked to, talked a little bit about identity, and, and and I think it's something that we all searched for in the Magic over the last six years. And the Magic have never had a player never been able really to draft a player that can change and define their identity. And, and like I said, Jeff, well, uh, Trey Young might take you on the offensive direction for identity. Muhammad Bamba takes you on the defensive direction on, the, uh, on identity. But either way, I think we can fairly say, especially with Steve Clifford now as the head coach, 
we can fairly say that we expect the Orlando Magic to be a top 10 defensive team. I mean, it's it's yeah. it's somewhat similar to the Serge Ibaka Bismack Biombo experiment that was that was doomed for failure, but I th- that's I think what we expect now. But it's different because this is a young guy, this is a rookie that that they're building around. That and I think that this move with with Bamba Isaac and Gordon, I think it's much more balanced. Than, it's much more modern. Yeah, it's it's mo- more modern. It's more balanced than a Biombo and uh, a Baca combo was ever going to be. Certainly, much more mobile and athletic. It I mean, is. As, 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 I mean, not that beyond. I mean, Ibaka was, Ibaka wasn't quite the Ibaka that everyone imagined. If there were early Oklahoma City Ibaka, maybe that experiment is, works out a little differently. Um, I remember sitting in draft room that night saying Ibaka should be the center, and and and, and we were all confused that they brought Biombo in. So certainly, the modern game did not seem to fit Ibaka as a power forward, whereas. Aaron Gordon and Jonathan Isaac are more of a, a modern switching forward that can play both forward positions um, relatively successfully. I know people get a little leery about uh, about Gordon playing the three, but he'll he'll be on the perimeter a little bit um, with with the way that the Magic are, are are built right now. Yeah, I think he'll be on the perimeter a lot, um, and and I imagine they want him to learn how to run pick and rolls now, especially with Bamba out there, who not only is a modern defensive big in, in that he can block shots and protect the rim. But he's also a guy who's trying to teach himself how to shoot three-pointers and stretch the floor as a jump shooter more. And, and if he can do that, then he turns into a really special player. He does. And, you know, we've, we've talked about special players, and I, I feel like almost ad nauseum um, leading up to the draft. Um, obviously, there was a lot of talk about Trey Young. He goes fifth overall to the Hawks. To Atlanta via Dallas, did that did that move surprise you? Did did you feel like that kind of I don't know if it kind of shot an arrow through the heart of Magic fans, but do you think that what what was your reaction to that move? I guess um, I'm still shocked Luka Doncic didn't go in the top two. Um, I'm you know I'm still a little shocked that he didn't go number one. But um, thanks Kangs. Uh, but. Uh, you know, I, I was a I, I was shocked that Atlanta was able to. You know, clearly Trey Young was their guy. They were they were taking Trey Young. I was shocked that they did not ask Dallas to take on Kent Bazemore in that deal and get rid of one of their bad contracts. Even if they had to take back uh, Wes Matthews, like I think I think they might have been okay doing that, especially especially if they were adding Trey Young. Like Wes Matthews, I think is a perfect two to run next to Trey Young. Um, and even if you're taking on that that money, I think that that that's something that you can stomach a little bit. Um, to, I mean, Wes Matthews, when he's healthy at least, is a better player than Kent Bazemore, and I think fits what they're trying to do. So I was surprised that that they didn't move the big contracts, and it really only cost Dallas that pick plus an additional uh, top five protected first round pick, and and it, it really seemed like to me that that um, you know. Certainly, if Orlando was that interested in Luka Doncic, which there was some reporting, there's some rumors that they were very that they were trying to trade up for Doncic. Um, that that might have been a price that you might be willing to pay. Um, you know, I think a lot of fans felt that it was a price worth paying for Doncic, and and, and got really excited over the prospect of, of acquiring Luka Doncic, who everyone sees as a potential All Star, as a potential game changing star as well. Um, I've certainly trumpeted the beat that he is the best player in this draft, and, and, and I certainly believe and think that too. Um, but it, it's, it, it, you know, I think that Orlando knows that they need to be patient, and that's ultimately why they didn't take the deal. They, they know that they can't give up a first-round pick, a future first-round pick, if they're not going to be, you know, in the playoffs soon. This Lockdown Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals, plus free shipping on your first box and 
free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Yeah, I, I agree with that. You know, I, I think that obviously getting a Luka Doncic, who I thought was clearly the best player in the draft also, um, would have, you know, accelerated the where they are a little bit. Um, but, you know, I think ultimately they they got a very good pick in Mohamed Bamba, and I feel like he's going to be able to make an impact um, for a long time coming. Um as we're now inviting uh, a, a third guest into this podcast, uh, Danny Thompson joins us. Uh, Danny, uh, why are you here now? <laughs> doing the same thing you guys are doing. Um, it's been an interesting night. Um, for the most part, the Mo Bamba selection, you know, is not exactly what I would expect it or what I wanted, but it makes sense in the grand scheme of things. You would, you, would you have taken Colin Sexton at six? Me personally, no. The problem with Orlando's been for years is that they haven't had outside shooting. So Colin Sexton does not fit, fit that mold. Me personally, if Mo Bamba wasn't your guy, I would have moved down. There are plenty of other guys. And, and, it, seemed, and it seemed like that was the, the intimation that, that Weltman made while, you know, while we're talking about the, the way the draft shook out and, and how teams moved around. But in his, in his post-draft availability after the draft was essentially over, um, Jeff Waldman said, we're not moving, we weren't going to move off of the sixth pick until we knew what was there. And and to me, that is a clear signal that Mo Bamba was someone they were completely comfortable taking. Um, he, uh, Jeff Waldman even said, that is a guy that we did not expect to be there at six. They expected him to go early, and I think most before the, the, the Doncic-Young deal kind of started ruminating, a lot of people expected Dallas to take Bamba at five and for Orlando to miss out on him. Um, but things obviously change, and, and I think the Magic were excited about that because they need a game changer. They need an identity setter, and, and Mo Bamba, I think, potentially can do that on the defensive end. I know that's that's not the direction this league is heading necessarily, but um, you know, Joel Embiid's been a, been a, a, an identity setter for for the Sixers. I know a lot of people want to say, oh, Ben Simmons is the better player on that team, but you know, you look at the on-off splits when Embiid's on and off the floor his defense still matters for that team and their growth. Um, They're a much better defensive team when he's on the floor, and that still matters in the end. And we saw it with Utah this past season. You know, yeah. Rudy Gobert is a player who Mohamed Bamba has been compared to a lot. And Utah was a completely different team with Gobert on and off the court. After he came back from his injury, I believe they, they reeled off what? I think they went twenty-seven and five over their last Utah thirty-two went, games. Utah just had an insane run to to, to, to finish that se- to finish the season and get themselves um, to the fifth seed. Um, mm-hmm. You know, they, they started the season what thirteen and eighteen. Like they were, they were, they looked like they were toast. They were dead in the water, um, and they had a lot of injuries, but they looked like they were toast. Well, to me, the the idea of the length of Orlando is going to have now with John and Isaac playing the three and the four with Mobamba. If you bring back Aaron Gordon, that's your answer. Um, even even with Melvin Frazier being drafted tonight, another guy who's extremely long, I think what, has a seven two wingspan, seven one seven two. Seven one seven two wingspan. Seven one point seven five. It's it's the it's the uh, according to the NBA draft combine and, and how they classify guards and forwards, he has the second biggest wingspan of any guard in that that was at the combine. The only guy, the only guard or wing player, I suppose, that had a longer wingspan was Kata Bates Dia. And he's a small forward. And he's yeah. a small forward. I mean, and Frazier's uh, two, three. I mean, their wings, I, I, the, the positions aren't as important anymore as the differentiating differentiating between guard and forward uh, as much at that at that set stage. Um, I think the big question that that Magic fans want to have right now, um, because um, I think a lot of people had their hearts set on Trey Young, um, and were disappointed when. You know, Atlanta showed a ton of interest in Trey Young, and then were able to to swing that deal to get. Luka Don- to, to trade uh, Luka Doncic for, for Trey Young, who's clearly their guy. Um, I think, and, and then of course we get into the whole thing about the end of the season, but that's neither here nor there. Um, the, the, I think the big question that Magic fans want to know: Can Mo Bamba be an All Star? Is he a player that can grow into an All Star player in this league? Because that's that seems to be what the Magic need most right now. Well, let's see. He checks off the. He can block shots. But he takes off that. So he's going to be an elite shot blocker. 
is already going to be elite rebounder. So in the Eastern Conference, as long as you can put up 16 points a game offensively, and which something I think and your team is winning. <laughs> I mean, if you put 15, 16 points a game, and you get that 11, 12 rebounds a game mark, he's gonna he's gonna be elite, one of the best shot blockers in the league. So if you put those numbers up, that's kind of similar to Andre Drummond, and who Andre Drummond's been an All Star for the last what? Yeah, seemed like forever. You know, it's not gonna be the sexy All Star, but if you're putting those type of numbers up and you're making an impact on the game, especially if you're doing something on the elite level. I think it can be, but like you said, looking at where we were picking at six, it's just Trey Young was off the board. Like I said, like Zach asked me a question about Colin Sexton. Would I have taken him? He doesn't provide us out shooting. So it's like basically having Alfred Payton 2.0, just a guy who's more aggressive. It's like the Alfred Payton we wanted to see by going to the basket. And he's, he's the, I mean, Colin Sexton is what we all wanted Alfred Payton to be. To be. Yes. Um, that, that, I think, I think that's, that's fair to say. <laughs> And really, at that point, where we look at Michael Porter Jr., and that's, that's the back injury. You have both of the bridges. That doesn't fit what you're looking for. And Shea Gilgis-Alexander. And, and there's late buzz over, over Shea. I mean, what, for whatever buzz is worth. But the question is, he had a great SEC tournament. But it was so up and down as a freshman. Yeah. You know, I think he had 100 turnovers in 37 games, which is still not very good for a point guard. It's almost three, it's over three, assist, three turnovers a game. And for a guy who didn't average over six, that's less than a two-to-one turnover ratio. That's not what you want from your point guard. Yeah, I, I think that's fair. Um, Bamba as an all-star is interesting because um, I think that you have to look at the Eastern Conference as a whole. I mean, you look at your big men in the East. You've got Joel Embiid, who's going to be a proverbial all-star for the next He's going to be a starter because he's he's pop. I mean, not that not that it not that he's not good and deserving on his own. He's going to be an all star because he's popular, mm-hmm. uh, and he's he's deserving of an all star. He'll, he'll be bo- he'll, he'll be he'll, voted in as a starter. He'll man that spot for a very very long time. Then you have Kristaps Porzingis, mm-hmm. who, assuming he comes back healthy, but is he a power forward though? That doesn't matter that doesn't because matter. they're all they're all grouped okay. together. Yeah. Okay. So so those, say those two are your start are two of your starting forwards moving forward. Okay. I mean, aside from them, I mean, you've got Miles Turner, and I still think we need to see Turner take a relatively decent step to get to that next level. I, I mean, mean did, like, like, I mean, but, but let's 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 get less mechanical about it. Um, not so not so much. Will Muhammad Bamba be an All Star? And just go through. The, the 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 list of players within the Eastern Conference. Uh, I'm I'm more talking about his level of play. Can he be the impactful star, the centerpiece player, the the, the quote unquote franchise player that this team needs to take that next step, whatever that next step is, to to to, to have that identity, to to be a, a to be a growing young team that people are like they're making the playoffs in a few years. I think he can. Yes, because he's elite at something. He's an elite mm-hmm. shot blocker. When you have something at an elite level in this draft class or anything on the roster, it makes you stand out. And, Aaron Gordon. And that was something that um, I was asked the other day about Trey Young versus Colin Sexton, and I said I, w- I was I was a lot lower on Trey Young than a lot of people, um, but I still said I would have taken Trey Young over Colin Sexton because I felt like Trey Young's scoring and passing was a real elite NBA skill. Mm-hmm. Now. When you put that together with the roster that the Magic have, I don't. Obviously, the scoring would have would have helped a lot, but defensively, that would have been an issue because the Magic don't. Ha- I mean, I mean, because Nick Vucevic yeah. can't defend a rolling chair. Still, he Let's, can. He can when he tries hard. <laughs> but not that he doesn't try hard. But I mean, Zach. I, I think it was Zach Lowe put it best about Nick Vucevic. Um, it. When Nikola Vucevic is playing with 100% effort on defense, he is an average passable defender. When he is playing at 80% or 90% defensive effort, he's not a good defender at all, and you can't play him, or you can't rely on him to you know to help you and, help you win. And, and that's and that's that is the essential problem with Nikola Vucevic. And, and the sad part about it is that our two backup bigs at this point, you know, before Bomb even got here, Bismack Biombo and Kim Birch. Are exactly the same player. The only difference is that Birch actually has the ability to score on the offensive end. Biombo, like we say, can't guard a chair. He can't pick up a basketball, a wide open pass to save his life. So 
in Vucevic, in Vucevic's defense, you're right. Vucevic does try. So that's one thing we can't give him credit for. He does try on defense. You know, he's might not. He's not the most athletically gifted guy, which doesn't help him. his feet movement. Feel like he has foot in quicksand. So he, he's he's got athletic limitations, there's, and there's just nothing he can do about it. He's got a ceiling. So when we look at the roster, and here's a question I want to ask both of you guys because you know, now with us not drafting a guard in this draft, we're drafting outside shooting. Jeff Weltman said that it's going to be a type of process to bring a guy in here. Do you think they made a mistake? Because there were some guys in the second round. Kyrie Thomas was available. DeAndre Melton was available. Even Shake Melton. DeAnthony Melton. DeAnthony Melton. Uh, Shake Melton was available. There were some guys at 35. There was guys at 41 and then 43. Do you think they made a mistake by passing up on one of the guards or taking a chance on one of those guards in the second round? I think in the second round, uh, I would have taken a chance on a, on a DeAnthony Melton. I know he doesn't solve your shooting problems. Um, he's probably, uh, I mean, the, I mean, the real issue is the Magic need a starting point guard. DJ Augustin, um, you know, for what he is now, is a perfectly acceptable backup point guard. He, he's, he's, he's a good enough backup point guard. He's solid. He's not going to make mistakes. He's going to just hold the boat steady, especially putting him maybe with a Jonathan Simmons who's a little wilder, can, can work on the ball a little bit more against second units. Um, that's that's the ideal role for DJ Augustine. The problem with the Magic is they need a starting caliber point guard. They need a guy who's who's going to be able to defend and, and kind of keep the, the head of the snake on the offense um, in check. Uh, and a guy who's going to be able to hit shots. And, and again, I, I'm, that's part of the reason why I think a lot of people really gravitated toward Trey Young. Uh, and then after him, Sexton and, and, and Shea Gildas-Alexander. In the second round, you're not going to get starters. You might luck into one, but odds are you need to find someone that's going to fill a role. And, 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 you know, the Justin Jackson pick is the only pick that the Magic made tonight that I'm a little on the fence about um, because, I mean, he had a lot of potential in his freshman year and, and really struggled his sophomore year last year. Um, and, and really was, he was just, also limited to 11 games because of the true, shoulder injury. True, true. And so he's a really talented player, and I, I suspect that the Magic will probably not sign him and tell him you're spending the year in Lakeland. Um, to, to, to get yourself right and to get better. And, and that wouldn't surprise me. Um, but I, I might have taken a shot at a point guard there, um, taken a shot at, uh, at uh, I think, DeAnthony Melton was still on the board, or Shake Milton yep. was still on the board. Um, Kyrie Thomas, I think, is still on the board. Kyrie Thomas, I think, is more of a 2-3. I, I don't consider him a point guard. Um, but, again... They had options there. They, had some, they had some different options. But, you know, Melvin Frazier, I, I was, I'm really high on him. I think he fits the profile that the Magic want. Obviously, the length, obviously, um, the improvement as a shooter. Um, I think, I think he definitely fits the identity that this team wants to build. And so that, I mean, I, I had him as, as one of my guys to watch in the second round that the Magic could take. And I wasn't expecting. And like even Jeff Weltman said, um, I wasn't expecting him to be in, be there at 35. I thought he, I thought he'd be gone. I thought he'd be gone late first round, early second round. Yeah, and, um, and Jeff Weltman also said that they had him graded considerably higher than um, where he went. And he didn't work out for the Magic. Mohamed Bamba didn't work out for the Magic. But um, our friend Keith Smith from Real GM um, asked about that. And basically, Jeff Weltman said, you know, they do so much due diligence on these guys that even if they don't get them in for a workout, it's okay. You know, they, they have everything that they need because – you know, you can get so much from just watching their games and, you know, talking to them and and you find out what you need to know that way. So I think that that's an interesting aspect also um, of the draft process. And, you know, it, it's just hard to, to line up things perfectly. Um, but I agree with Phil. I, I like the, the Frazier pick. I think that he comes in and he gives you some good depth on the wing. And He's, like, people have asked me about this. He's what they want Wesley Owendu to be. I mean, I, if I'm Wes Owendu in Summer League, my goal has to be I have to beat Melvin Frazier. And everything he does, I have to beat him or he's taking my spot. And I'm heading back down to Lakeland. <laughs> oh, I'm not, not even I'm heading back down to Lakeland. I'm out of a job because my contract ain't guaranteed. I think they like him. I think even if he doesn't make the roster, sure. he'll be at Lakeland for the year. Sure. So, you know, I'm looking through what's available on the free agent board this year. So, like, the top free agent point guard that's on the board, because I'm not going to count Chris Paul because Chris Paul's not coming here. Looking at Isaiah Thomas. That's the big question. With with the, what, we have $16 million in cap space. Magic 
the magic essentially will only have their mid-level exception yeah. spending free agency. Which will be the eight point eight million. Unless they unless they let Aaron Gordon walk. Which would be eight point eight million? Roughly eight eight and a half million long. Do you throw the eight point eight uh, one year deal for Isaiah Thomas no. and tell him to go prove it? Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. I don't. I, I think about it. I, I don't think it's a bad, I, I don't think it's a terrible idea. Um, I think that there's the potential that Thomas takes away a little bit from what you want other players to do. But at the same time, I agree that, that you need a point guard to kind of get everyone in the right spot and get everyone in the right role. And, and if Thomas can even be a little bit, I mean, I wouldn't sign him to more than a one-year deal. But of course. Um, if he can be even a little bit of what I mean, if he can be what he was in Boston more than what he was in Cleveland or, 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 or LA this year, um, now all of a sudden you've got a weapon that that makes you a threat. Um, and again, that's that's the big thing the Magic are missing on the perimeter still is is they're missing a a, a, a guy who makes them a threat. Well, and you know even now stresses defenses out. Too. Well, and even I look at the roster now. As much as I didn't like Isaiah Thomas as a fit. I think now he's even a better fit because Bamba is back there. Isaac's going to fly around the floor, you know, and you can, in worst case scenario, if Evan Fournier is still here or not here, Terrence Ross can defend. Jonathan Simmons can defend, you know, so they, they have quality defenders on the floor to protect Isaiah Thomas. And the one thing Isaiah Thomas does bring to the table with the Magic do not have is somebody who can put the ball in the basket. It, it, he he, cre- he creates out of nothing, and that's that's something the Magic desperately need. I don't. Th- when's the last time we've had a shot creator from, from, from the guard from, from the guard position, the point guard position? Well, well, I mean, Tremere? the 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 stat that I that I've been peddling around uh, when I was pitching Trey Young to a lot of people, uh, the Magic have had only two guards score more than twenty points per game in franchise history. I know I've talked to you about. Yeah. That. Um, Danny, Zach, can you name those two guards? Tracy McGrady and... Tracy McGrady, I'm not counting as a guard. So there are three guards. Tracy McGrady, go ahead. Penny. Penny is the other one. He did it three times. There's only one other time, one other year, that a guard scored more than 20 points per game in a Magic uniform. I didn't get this one. Danny did not get this one. Now, are we talking just point guards or are we talking off guards too? Guards, guards, period. Any guard. Any guard. Any guard. In Magic history. Should I give him a clue, Phil? Uh, you can give him a clue. Give him a clue. It's not Nick Anderson. Nick Anderson averaged 19.9 points per game twice. twice. <laughs> Literally <laughs> fell three points short of 20 points a game one season. Wow. Ooh. Because that's who I guessed was Nick Anderson. That's who I would have guessed, too. Um, he didn't do and it. And it's not Magic Legend Steve Kerr, either. Or Reggie Theus. Did Steve Francis do it? Steve Francis did it in 2005. <laughs> so yeah, it's been a, it, not only has it been a long time since the Magic have had a guard to be able to score and create for himself and then, of course, for others, um, it, it, it hasn't really happened in Magic history, actually. And so this has always been a center-focused team um, that's kind of been their fate as an organization because they won the lottery when Shaq was the, was the prize. They won the lottery when it was Dwight Howard or Emeka Okafor, um, and then they won the lottery when it was Chris Webber. Uh, so they've they've been in positions to draft bigs, and once again they've drafted a big to be the fulcrum of their team. Um, but yeah, I agree. They they gotta find a they gotta find a guard. I mean, and I think this is honestly the biggest problem with the 2009 and 2010 teams 
and what the Magic hoped Vince Carter would be when they got him in, 2009, in, the, in the summer of 2009. They needed a guard that could create late in games and get them a shot to, to win. I mean, essentially to win, because you couldn't dump the ball into Dwight Howard late in games, and, and Hito Turkoglu was gone. Um, but but he wasn't quite it either. He wasn't a creator either. Jameer Nelson could kind of do it, but there are definitely certain matchups that, that neutralized Jameer Nelson too. Um, and then obviously his, his level of play wasn't sustainable um, regardless of his injury. Um, so it, it's it, it's definitely still a problem. And, and I think what's important for, for Magic fans to remember is all these problems weren't going to get solved in one year, um, in one draft especially. They, they, they couldn't address every issue. They couldn't trade half the roster to pick up three lottery picks and just build around that. That's not how this world works. Um, or not how this roster works. Nikola Vucevic is, I mean, the, the, next step, the next step I think for the Magic is not necessarily free agency. The next step for the Magic is what do you do with Nikola Vucevic? Do you shop Terrence Ross around on his expiring contract? How much more money? How much more money? How much more long-term money are you willing to take back to move those players and reshuffle the deck? Um, what you do? Push? Do you put Evan Fournier back on the market? Um, you know, there's rumors that that they might have traded they might have traded him to Memphis for Chandler Parsons to trade up in the draft to take either a Trey Young or a Mo Bamba or even a Luka Doncic. Um, the question now for the Magic is how do you manage the assets remaining on this roster? How do you improve the team? with the limited free agency space that you have so that you can make this Mo Bamba, Jonathan Isaac, Aaron Gordon pairing or trio a success. And I do think that the next big thing the Magic have to figure out, no matter how they do it, they got to find a they got to find a point guard that can shoot threes, play some defense and manage manage this thing. I don't I'm not really so sure about the defensive end. Like I said, but I think as of now, like I said, the free He's got to hold his own defensively. He doesn't have to be the best defender in the world, but he's got to hold his own. I mean, if you look at the free agent market, like we said earlier, you know, it's Isaiah Thomas, Alfred Payton, bringing he him works. back. Alfred Payton? Yeah, he works. Yeah, that's how it turned out. Uh, Rondo, Fred Van Vliet, Jeremy Lin, uh, Milos Telovich of uh, the Clippers. Yeah. yeah. Shabazz Napier, Corey Joseph. You, you see where this is going. It's not a good. It's not a good free agent point guard class. I mean, this is probably not the summer the Magic solve it. Um, they might. They're probably gonna have to look for trades. And you know, maybe the deal is Schroeder. Now that now that Schroeder seems oh, extraneous. Hey, I mean, he, I agree. I don't think he's the answer either. But it's gonna um, be interesting what Atlanta does with Schroeder now because you just drafted Trey Young. You did not go get like Jaron Jackson Jr. You didn't go get a Bamba to place next to John Collins. You drafted a guard, and really both their picks. They drafted shooters. They literally drafted. It was the, what Herder and Her- and, Young. And, and Young. They drafted the two best shooters in the class, and now it's like well, they're trying to create Splash Bros. Two point in Atlanta. You know, I mean, they have Kent Bazemore's contract. You know, we, they they tried to get rid of tonight. They have Dennis Schroeder's contract. They tried to get rid. Of, they're trying to get rid of. And they still have a Plumlee contract to get rid of. You're right. Maybe Orlando does go calling for Dennis Schroeder, but that's still long term money at that point. Yeah, I agree. And long term money, I don't even want to put on this roster. I mean, I, I, I think that Schroeder contract, though, is is manageable. Yeah, but it's Dennis Schroeder. I look yeah. at Dennis Schroeder the same way. I'm I look not at, a Schroeder fan either. I look I'm, at I'm not either. The same way I look at um, Reggie Jackson. They're it's very like, similar players. I, I'm like, we're really going to pay Smell this money. I'm like, ugh. It's, it, I mean, Orlando. I'd rather, pay, I'd, rather pay, I'd rather pay Isaiah Thomas $8 million for one year than deal with Schroeder or Reggie Jackson, for example. Orlando Orlando is definitely still in, in, a, in a tricky spot. And, and I think. Again, expecting the team to solve all their problems in one summer is unrealistic. Um, it's it's going to take it's going to take another draft class. There's all, I think it always was going to take another draft class, and I think honestly, that's a reason why the Magic are might be willing to take on some long term money because they know they're not playing free agency for another year or two. So if I mean I, I've been I've been big on looking for. Kind of distressed properties, or or, guy, or kind of young guys on their second contracts who aren't living up to those second contracts, take a chance on a guy like that. Um, you know, a guy that that I that I targeted a lot or talked a little bit about in this draft was was maybe trying to use thirty five and forty one to trade up to twenty one, give Utah Evan Fournier to get off his money because Utah can can never you know is probably not going to be a free agent market, so they, they they might be willing to take on some long term money and bring back in Alec Burks, you know, guy who's been hurt, but. Clearly, I think can play good shooter. You know, maybe maybe worth taking a little bit of a gamble on. And 
Um, and that's, that's just an example. I'm not saying that, that that's something that's going to happen or something that was discussed, but um, that's the kind of risk I think the Magic are in position to take right now as they explore this trade, trade market and try and build the roster to support, again, their core pieces, the only three players that matter on this roster right now, Muhammad Bamba, Aaron Gordon, Jonathan Isaac. Everyone else, even, even the guys they just drafted, Melvin Frazier and Justin Jackson, probably not so much Melvin Frazier, but everyone else expendable. is expendable. You know what, though? We used to take a chance. First name came to mind off the Jazz roster who's a free agent, Dante Exum. Yeah, that's, I mean, he fits the profile. If, if, they, if, if, they, can, if they can wriggle him free from restricted free agency, I don't think Utah's in a position to let him go. I don't think Utah's in a position to try to bring him back either. That's, it's gonna be inter- his free agency is going to be interesting. Because the num- you got to think of the number where they're paying, because they're already paying Alec Burks $10 million. You know, they have, they're, they're trying to bring back Rubio. That's the other part. Yeah. You have Donovan Mitchell. At that point, how much do you? How much money do you need to have? Because Rubio is going to be at least ten to twelve million because of the way he played last season. You know, he he oh, earned yeah. that. He earned that contract with the way he played. And oh he yeah. Fit, he fits perfectly next to Donovan Mitchell. Yep. You got Alec Burks. So you said a guy, a flyer. He's not. He's not going to be a six man. They just drafted Grayson Allen. So at this point, Dante Exum is exp- expendable. You know, you can go find you a cheap backup point guard somewhere else. But maybe you said take a chance on Dante Exum. He hasn't lived up to it. You know, remember, at one point in time, I remember when the Magic were drafting in that lottery, I was hoping they'd take Dante Exum. Uh, my, my, the Jazz had my dream draft in that 2014 draft. I was all about Dante Exum and all about Ronnie Hood. And I'm, I'm actually looking at potential. I mean, I'll talk more about free agency probably next week on the podcast. But I wouldn't be surprised if the Magic maybe take a flyer at Rodney Hood in free agency as I well. Mean, his stock couldn't be any lower. And yeah, exactly. <laughs> Again, another distressed property. Guy who just needs a new needs some new scenery needs a set needs a uh, how, in his case a third chance. But why, would, why would he? But how can he fit here when you already have Fournier, Simmons, Ross? Wouldn't that be a little bit of overload? That probably probably okay. probably. But but, but, I, but again, like again, who are you married to on this roster? I mean, you're going to be shopping Evan Fournier around still. Terrence you're going to be you're going to be shopping. Terrence Ross is an expiring deal, and you don't know. I mean. There, there are reports that he's he's looking really good, and, and, and Ross works hard, and I think he, he, he wants to prove that he's healthy, but um, he's still, you know, you still don't know. I mean, I, I, it's going to be tough. I mean, his contract is movable because it's an expiring contract, not so much because you know he's going to be a good player. Does Kemba Walker become available? So does Orlando want to take on Kemba Walker? I mean, is this 2K? Do, do you do that? <laughs> If Kemba Walker becomes available, um, yes, yes, yeah, yes, probably, yes. yeah, he'd, he'd fit really well here, really well here. He would be he'd, he'd put the team over the top. I mean, if, if you add in Kemba Walker, even with the young talent and the raw talent that the Magic have, I think you can start at least whispering this. This should be a playoff team. Are you? Is, t- but is, are you taking that Nicholas Batum contract back to get him? Uh, yes, I would. Listen, if it's as long as it's not sacrificing Bamba. Gordon or Isaac, I will take on Batum's contract. The the big the big thing for me that I worry about here because you've got, I mean the big unknown is just how much money Aaron Gordon's going to make. If you're taking on big salaries like that, a you got to send out big salaries out in return. That's all. Biombo, Biombo, Fournier, Vucevic. The thing I get concerned about is will ownership. Be willing to pay the tax on a team they are not sure is a playoff team. Well, the second question is, if you're trading for Kemba Walker, are you 100 percent sure you're going to resign him? And that's the bigger that's the bigger question with with a player like him. Because the scary part now is that after Brooklyn made the deal for Dwight Howard, both New York teams will be over 50 million dollars in salary cap space next summer. With I mean, you're, if you're acquiring Kemba Walker, you're you know you're getting him as a rental. Like you're not you're not you're not requiring him for the long term. You're requiring him to keep your boat steady, give your fans something to get excited about, and then you figure out the problem later on down the road. Because, because that's because with both with both teams in New York, because as we all know, well at least I know in this situation, Kimball wants to be in Charlotte. Jordan knows the only way he's gonna be able to flip this roster and get rid of some of those salaries is to really have to trade Kimball Walker. I mean if you're gonna get rid of Nicholas Batum, the only way you're gonna do that is through Kimball Walker, like to Zach's point. You know Crazily, the, the Nets decided to take on Dwight Howard and for, for some strange reason, knowing they were going to buy him out. If I'm Orlando... They get like, off of Mozgov's long-term money doing that. Who, the Brooklyn did? Yeah, yeah. and Charlotte took on... 
I had no idea what Charlotte's doing. That's another day for another podcast and another set of headaches. Yeah. Um, but if I'm Orlando, I would take a chance with Kemba Walker, even not even with the unknown. Yes, Batum's contract is insane, but if I'm able to get out of Biombo's contract, if you're if I'm able to get Evan Fourier's contract or Vucevic's contract, well, not so much Vucevic. I'm able to get out of Fournier and 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 Biz and Biz and not trade any of my three. The only thing I would be worried about is that I know Charlotte is going to ask for that unprotected 2019 Orlando. And I'm not giving that up. That's still that's still to me the most valuable thing. On, uh, I mean, aside aside from Bomba, that is that is the most valuable asset I own as the Orlando Magic. Because I don't know what my team's going to look like next year. Yeah. I don't know what that record's going to be. That could the Magic. I mean, the Ma- I, I, I've said this before. I think the Magic very well could have a worse record in 2019, but feel more hopeful. Uh, you know, you can clear, clear see a more a more clearer future. So if that's the case, that pick could end up being in line for top four pick in the lot in the lottery. That could be in line, and and top four actually gives you a better chance of, at the first pick. Um, that, that could be a pick that's back at six or seven, you know, or even eight. And I know next year's draft isn't as strong as this year's draft, but it's, it's, it's still top, it's very top heavy. But it's still it's still a valuable piece to have. I mean, the draft gets everyone excited, and 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 you can make deals once you know what that pick actually is. But I'm not giving up that chance at getting the number one pick, uh, or or giving up that chance to add another talented player because the biggest problem with the Magic still is a talent deficit, and they've got to find a way to add talent, even though they don't have the money to go get it. You know, you know, I'm going to make one last point before. But you know what? For Magic fans, here's the one thing. I know we were looking. For, I know Magic fans wanted a point guard. But if you look at what happened in the second part of the season, Shelvin Mack and DJ Augustine did a. Apple they were fine. Game. They were fine. And the thing. I is, mean, you. They're clearly not the future, but they're fine. But you know, you can. It, you. It, they were splitting minutes. So really, if you just split those guys to 40 minutes, 24 minutes a piece, you know, maybe find a third point guard somewhere. Maybe bring back. You know, bring Rodney Purvis in. Um, maybe find Troy Payne. Find some a third guard. Like just, somebody like a Seth Curry who could play some point. And, yeah, you know, you know, something like that. And just and like you said, just band-aid it for a year, play it out, and like you said, get that high lottery pick next year. And at that point, if you're picking in the top three, if Orlando can land RJ Barrett in the class next year, there you go. Everything changes. Game yeah. over. All right, so kind of bringing it full circle a little bit. Um, obviously, we've, we've talked about the Magic City and point guard. We we got the draft under us. How would you how would you grade the moves that the Magic made tonight, Danny? Um, honestly, I would give it a B plus. Like I said, I'm Bomba was the guy I didn't expect to be at six. You know, you get a guy with an elite skill, and that's in me in the in, in this draft class. To me, only three players had a, a complete elite skill in this draft class: Bomba shot blocking, Trey Young shooting. And when Michael Porter is healthy, Michael Porter's ability to score the basketball. Those are all on NBA elite levels. And and I think the big thing too with Bamba shot blocking, it's an NBA ready skill too. Yeah, I guess it's the elite skill. I mean, he is going to be. He's going to make an impact immediately. I mean, this, when, this team, I think, I, this team will be made better by him. When I say elite skill, I'm saying if, if he plays, I'd say close to 30 minutes a game as a rookie, he will be in the top five in block shots next season. He's that smart of a shot blocker. We, 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 we all spoke with him tonight. Everybody has said in workouts, this guy is very, very smart. He's athletic. He's long. A 17 wingspan. That means literally he's a pterodactyl walking down the court with long arms and can block shots. He's going to average at least two block shots a game next season. Easily. And so with that elite skill, that gives the mag- should give the Magic fans something to hope for. Trey Young, if he was shooting here, it's going to be a, almost a 20-point game score because you saw what happened with Kimball Walker. If Michael Porter Jr. is healthy and that back does check out, Porter Jr. is on a scoring level of a Carmelo Anthony, Kevin Durant type of impact as a rookie if he is 100% healthy. The problem with Porter was the back. Trey Young, the problem was he wasn't available. So what did the Magic do? They took the guy with the elite skill. So, yes, that's why it's a B plus. I am a big fan of Melvin Frazier. Um, I didn't have him in the first round of mock draft, but every single mock draft I had seen or person I talked to, had him going anywhere from 22 down to 28. So to get him at 35 was a steal. 
The reason why it wasn't the A was I think they should have went guard at 41. Yeah, the Justin Jackson, the Justin Jackson pick just still kind of. I mean, you know, they could have even got uh, Kia Bates Diop. Yeah. If they could have took him, it would have been an A minus. They would have had. They would have. I mean, that would have been length on length on length on length. <laughs> Which is weird because he was available at 43, yeah. and they took Justin Jackson. Yes. Now they took. They said they took Kia Bates Diop, a guy who was a first round grade. The Magic would have had three first round, literally three first round guys in the draft. And that's an A, that's an a minus draft, a, a plus draft right there. So I, I give it a B, B plus. Zach, what do you, what do you got? What do you got, grade wise? Since you asked the question, I think a B plus is is probably right around the proper grade yeah. for them. Um, obviously, not getting a point guard hurts, especially you know, like you guys both said that the Justin Jackson pick at forty three, you know, maybe you go with a guy like a, a DeAnthony Melton there, um, you know, take a flyer on him at least at least see what he, what he can do. Um, but I, I, I do like the Frazier pick. I think he can come in and make an impact. And like Danny was saying, Bomba shot blocking is an NBA ready skill. And if he can if, if he becomes Rudy Gobert with an extended offensive game. Yep. That's that, that, that's a player you can build around. And I think that's, I mean, the magic, I think if, if the magic's main goal was to get a guy who can set a culture and set an identity just by his presence, just by being on the floor. If that was the main goal of this draft, the Orlando Magic getting an A in that because they got they got one of the guys that can do that. I agree, though, that this is a B-plus draft for Orlando. Um, the Justin Jackson pick does confuse me. Um, they, they, I mean, I think in the set, I mean, I think they, could, they took the best player available at six. I think that they got a, a very usable role player at, 30, at 35. The pick at 41 is the only thing that confuses me a little bit. I would have liked to see the Magic try and move try and move around maybe a little bit more. We, Jeff Ullman does such a good job keeping a lid on his organization. We don't really know what the Magic yes. were considering. Um, so Or what was even on the table. Or what for. was even on the table for them. So it's hard to say, oh, the Magic should have packaged those two picks to get to 20-something, to, to take Elia Kobo or, or to take Anthony, Anthony Simons. Um, but... Um, I think they did a good job with the picks they got. I think they got at least two, at least two rotational players, and one and one of those guys being a potential building block player. Um, that's that's a good day. That's a good day's work in any draft. They didn't address all their needs, but you can't. You're not going to. And the Magic have so many needs. You can't address all your needs in one draft. So it, it, it's it's asking too much to say. Oh, the Magic should have done this or should have done that or they should have traded this guy or traded that guy. There's still a long summer to go. There is still a lot of work to do. Um, Jeff Weltman even admitted that. Um, there are many more phases to go in this rebuild and in this uh, in this summer before the Magic take the floor again uh, for the 2019 season. Um, we've gone a little bit longer than, than I was hoping to go, but a lot of, a lot of good draft discussion is obviously now uh, our really first chance to turn the page and look ahead to the 2019 season. But um, start with you, Danny. Thanks for jumping in here midstream. Uh, where can everyone find you on the interwebs? Uh, on Twitter at NBADT29. Um, my website is around the association.com. The podcast is around the association. The podcast, which is on iHeartRadio, Spreaker. Um, I do live uh, Facebook lives probably two nights a week. I will do one tomorrow. I was going to do it tonight, but I can jump in the pod tonight. Going over my thoughts in the entire draft from the league's perspective, including, like I said, what we saw with Jeff Weltman tonight, because it's very interesting. Um, but this franchise, like I said, we've all been covering this franchise for a while now. And we all have our different opinions, but yeah, I think it's a positive step. I mean, here, I mean, here's here's maybe a final question um, before I, I let Zach tell you where he, you can find him. Um, is tonight the most optimistic and hopeful you felt after a Magic draft since the Dwight Howard trade? Yes, because I wasn't sold on Jonathan Isaac last year. I was one of the, I'm one of the people in the majority that was under this Junior. Go get a point guard. This mm-hmm. is what we need. But now knowing how the organization is being ran, its length is the same way Milwaukee was built, the same way Toronto was kind of built with, you know, with Jeff Hammond up there. But with Weltman's idea of bringing length, in the last two drafts, they went out and got long with Wesselandu. Jonathan Isaac is really long, and he's getting better. I just saw him, uh, what was it, Thursday. Um, and he's put on, I think he said he put on about 12 to 15 yeah, pounds. Like that. And he actually is starting to get defined. And that is scary because you remember when, when Isaac played, he was, what, over a steal, over a block, 
in the final month of the season when mm-hmm. he was finally healthy. When he finally got, was able to string together some games. Yeah, he, 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 he looked like he belonged. I mean, and, and as a rookie, that's that's thing number one. Yeah, you know, he could, like I said, he can defend at elite level now. And knowing that we have him on one wing, being like a Serge Ibaka type, flying around the floor with Mo The good Bamba. Serge Ibaka, t- Ibaka type. Yeah, the Oklahoma City Serge Ibaka type. Flying around the rim, blocking shots, and now you have a defensive anchor back there. Yes, this is the most promising, I feel. And now, I just, like I said, now I kind of want to fast forward to 2019's NBA draft after we get a year of everybody together so we can get the final piece in the backcourt to go along with all those frontcourt weapons. Zach, uh, what, what, what do you think? Is this the most hopeful you felt about the Magic uh, following, a, following a draft night? Yeah, I, I think so. You know, we've, I think we really have, we, we can really look at the team and say that they have the foundation for their identity now with, like I, like I said earlier, with Bamba, Isaac, and assuming they bring back Aaron Gordon, you put in a Wes Wondu, you put in a Melvin Frazier. Put a Jonathan Simmons. I mean, he's, Jonathan, he's a good defender in his if, own right. If Jonathan Simmons decides to try on defense um, <laughs> next season, they have guys who can make them one of the best defensive teams in the league. That They have an identity. They have, I think they have a, a real building block now in, um, and Mohamed Bamba, and I think that that this is the start of the next era in Magic Basketball. I think they're going to start really turning the page and and move on from the last five, six years. Maybe we don't see a huge win improvement. Maybe they win a, a few fewer games than they did last season, like you mentioned, Phil. But I think we'll once the end of next season comes, there's going to be a lot more optimism about the next two, three, four, five years with this team. Yeah, and and I mean, really, this draft, draft night should be all about optimism. I know. I think it didn't go. It didn't go the maybe A plus route that a lot of people wanted, especially with some of the rumors that started popping out. But that's why you can't trust rumors all the time. Is because some of them aren't true. They're smoke screens. They're you know you know who knows that some of that magic stuff might have leaked to get Atlanta to budge a little bit or to get Dallas to, to move to, to move a little bit. I mean, there's before, even, just before Dallas made that deal final, there were reports saying that the deal's dead, that it's not happening. So, you know, you can't always believe rumors. You can't let rumors set your expectations. You just have to kind of go and go into it and, and whatever happens, evaluate it independently there. Um, Zach, where can everyone find you on the interwebs? I'm not on the interwebs. No, I'm kidding. Okay. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Zach Oliver NBA. Um, Obviously, on Orlando Pinstripe Post, um, I've been doing our podcast, the uh, Do You Believe in Magic, with Preston Ellis, um, Aaron Goldstone, who did a fantastic job with his draft coverage, and Will Ogburn, who we kicked out of the state of Florida because we didn't like him. Um, He's and, a Saints fan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's actually a Pelicans fan, too. So um, I assume Melvin Frazier's a Saints fan, so I will speak no ill of the New I'm Orleans Saints. Saints. I'm sorry. The Aints. I don't know. Rise up. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, excited to, uh, to you know kind of wrap up some draft coverage, take a look at, at how the team projects with what the roster's at now, and then and get into free agency. I think we're we're gonna have a busy couple of weeks coming up. Yeah, and I think I think the Magic may, they may not be signing very many people, but I'm sure they will be exploring a lot of options as free agency. Uh, draws near. And in the trade just, market. And it's just, just a week away. And, and guess what? Uh, very, very soon, guys, Summer League's going to be here. Uh, we won't be able to physically be at Summer League this year because it's not in Orlando, but we will, get to see, we will get to see Jonathan Isaac. Uh, we will get to see Muhammad Bamba. We will get to see Melvin Frazier, Wessa Wundu, Rodney Purvis, Jamel Artis, probably Troy Copain. Um, we'll get to see some interesting players out on the floor in Magic practice gear. Uh, in Las Vegas during Summer League. Um, Hashtag favorite for, to win Summer League. Uh, maybe. Well, I, I'd, I'd be happy to bring home that Summer League championship. Our triumphant return to Vegas for the first time in, what, 13 years. Um, <laughs> we'll, 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 we'll take home that crown. Thank you very much. Um, but, of course, you can find me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. You can find the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Magic. Like us on Facebook as well. It's at Locked on Magic. And subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, all the fun places to download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. That's going to do it for me today. We'll have uh, I'll probably be back with an episode over the weekend, if not on Monday, with some sound uh, from, some, from the draft, draft prospects as well as uh, from Jeff Weltman. But for now, for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked on Magic, for Zach Oliver... For Danny Thompson, this has been Philip Rossenreich. I'll see you all again next time for another episode 
of Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 